This is Framework Leadership. I'm Ken Tingle, and you're listening to Framework Leadership, a podcast about how to bring your personal life and organization to the next level. Wow, today I'm sitting down with uh, Gabrielle Boucher. Uh, Gabrielle is an expert on all things related to millennials, how to motivate, how to market, how to lead uh, uh, millennials that are working in your organization. Uh, a best-selling author, speaker who has developed millennial engagement strategies for, well, let's see, presidential campaigns, top military generals, Fortune 500 companies through her training, through her consultant company. The Millennial Solution, she's been featured in national media outlets like NPR, Washington Post, Time, and Fast Company. She has been awarded a 40 uh, under 40 award and named Alumnus of the Year from her alma mater, William Jessup University. Wow, it's a pleasure to have you with us today on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, since we're talking about millennials, let's start by defining, uh, I think what would be good to start out defining what a millennial is. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, sometimes confusion uh, on understanding the difference between millennials and and Generation Z. Uh, and, and if I understand right, millennials are born between 81 and 96. Is that Correct. Yeah. How would you define it? Sure. Yeah. And as a as you mean by kind of perspectives, it's more like opinions, right? Right. Exactly. I feel like half of my job is you know explaining who this generation is and of course what's wrong with us, right? Sure. Uh, but what we actually use is the U.S. Census Bureau um, dates that basically say millennials are born between 1982 and and 2000, and so you get some folks like Pew coming out saying you know they ended in 96 or 2000. Really, at the end of the day, you're looking at kind of a cohort of, of individuals who grew up and experienced life um, a, around the same time. Now, it seems like uh, millennials value different things than the generations that have come before them. Sure. Uh, why do millennials gravitate towards things like experiences more than, uh, let's say, material things? You know, it's interesting that experience is actually one of the key words that I think really defines this generation, whether it's what we buy to where we work to what schools we go to. We're looking for an experience. We've actually found in the research we've done that millennials prefer the word experience, even of the word career. So they're really looking for something that they can touch and they can feel that they can participate in which I think is really fascinating, especially in a really high-tech driven world where everything seems to swipe left or right. Millennials are looking for something that they can get their fingerprints on, that they can experience in, in, a, in a deeper and a more personalized way. Now, you were only 17 when you wrote a book about your generation. Yeah. What prompted you to write this book at, at it's such a, I guess it would be like an early age when it comes to writing. Sure. I mean, at 17, I was, you know, picture this, I'm 5'9". I have more braces than teeth, red hair, <laughs> pale. There weren't a lot of like social or dating options for me at the time. Uh, so it wasn't exactly uh, just something I kind of picked up. But uh, I just was really, really passionate about my generation. And, and I think that those moments happen where you really find your calling, you find your purpose when um, when people ask you really what drives you or what what problem in the world that you want to solve. And I remember just being a young woman who uh, was really passionate about helping older people understand my generation, that we weren't lazy or entitled. We weren't a generation that needed to be um, dealt with. We were a generation that needed to be engaged, a generation that needed to be discipled. And so that book that I wrote when I was 17 was really focused on how to help faith leaders understand how to reach my generation with authenticity, with intentionality, and um, really with with a heart to serve and raise up a new generation. 
you gave a TEDx talk in which you challenged the notion that uh, millennials are the next greatest generation. Tell us a little bit about what you talked about in that discussion. I mean, how does that, how did that evolve and how, what brought that whole an awareness or understanding of that? Yeah, I think that there's, with every new young generation, I think that there's always high expectations, right? Until they become teenagers and then maybe that reverses really right, quickly, right? right? Yeah. And, and I think, as I saw many in my generation kind of going into college and emerging from college, there were really high hopes. I think my generation was taught that we could do anything that we want and be anything that we want. And and I started seeing this excitement and this ambition for my generation. Uh, But I also too saw some other challenges like pride or entitlement or disrespect, whether it was intentional or not. And so when I was asked to give a TED Talk, I really wanted to focus on how do I if I had a message to my generation, what would it be? And so that's really what I shared in, in, in my talk is focusing on how do I call my generation to something higher? Because as a Christian, I believe that each of us are individually called, but I also see God moving in generations as well. And I really believe that this generation has an incredible heart for justice. I think we have an incredible heart for community. We're incredibly gifted in this time and this season for such a time as this. And I really believe that when we understand really what it is that we're doing on this earth together, uh, I think something really incredible is going to happen. Why do you think uh, there's this public perception and it, it, honestly, I get irritated every time I hear it. But that this this the millennials are mislabeled. That, right. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Yeah, I wrote a whole book about it called Five Millennial Myths that I literally just looked at the five biggest terms that were associated with millennials, like disloyal, addicted to technology, uh, entitled. I mean, the list goes on. Because I saw people wanting to label my generation. And it's not just older folks doing it to young people. Young people do it to older folks, too. And every time you label someone, you then put uh, a distance between you and them. And I'm really passionate about something we call at our company, generational reconciliation. This idea of how do you bring generations together? Because I, I believe in, in, in a leadership sense um, that leadership, every generation has their own leadership style. And when you understand how someone wants to lead and how someone needs to be led, I think you can have more empathy for who they are and how to lead them to become a better version of themselves. And so really taking down these labels and understanding who you are, you could be you know 22 or 62, but seeing you as an individual, I think is the most important message that uh, we really seek to, to communicate whoever it is that we're talking to. That's good. You took a leap of faith to start your own consulting company uh, at age 25. Yep. And uh, called Millennial Solution. Uh, in what ways was this a very millennial thing to do? Sure. Yes. Yeah, it really, I think probably the most millennial thing that I've done is is, uh, <laughs> is starting this firm. And it really came from this moment uh, where I had written my second book at the time, Five Millennial Myths, and I had kind of been the the, the person answering questions about who this next generation is and, and how to deal with them. And I realized that there was a hole in the marketplace, that there were leaders in business and in, in the military and um, in commerce around the world that they were missing out on my generation And I really wanted to help bridge that gap because I knew my generation was missing out on opportunities because they were being misunderstood, that they were being put off, told to, you know, wait longer or to do it the way that we've always done it. Or um, some of those kind of dangerous mindsets that oftentimes sink into corporate America. And yeah, I had this moment where I realized that 
I have something in, in my past, um, in, in the research that I'd been doing that could really help leaders understand my next generation. And so we've been able to you know, work with major brands around the world to help not only leaders understand millennials, but help millennials understand leaders as well. And again, bridge that generation gap from both sides. Right. You mentioned faith uh, a couple of minutes ago. What, what role does your faith play in your work? It's absolutely foundational. And, and I think as a Christian business owner, really learning how to start a business really was founded on what is God calling me to do with my business? And that's really when I remember sitting and praying and saying, God, I don't know how to start a company. I'm 25 years old. Like, I didn't study any of this, right? I didn't go to college for this, and here I am working with some of these major companies. What, what, what's my mission statement, right? You know, like, what's my vision statement? And that's really when the Lord showed me this concept of generational reconciliation and how we're to really help reconcile the generations the way that the Lord wants to reconcile his people unto him and really creating a model and, and, and serving folks in a way that's really kind of true to the character of who God is has been really cool. Uh, because although we work, you know, in a space that we're not, you know, talking about the Bible and we're not chapter and versing, the principles are there and you see those transformations happen um, and, and really seeing kind of the, those moments where you see those folks who are older, who once were you know, saying, no, I don't ever want to connect with those either kids in their life or, or uh, employees or students. When those moments of reconciliation happen, uh, it's such a powerful moment. Yeah, that is powerful. I mean, how, how, you, how you describe integrating faith with just everyday life, mm -hmm. that's, that's rich. Now, I have to ask you this. On your Twitter bio, uh, you call yourself a recovering beauty queen. <laughs> now, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how that yeah. Yeah. I maybe the other most millennial thing that I've ever done, <laughs> uh, perhaps. But uh, yeah, I got into pageants when I was in high school, going into college, okay. because it turns out I'm the most competitive person uh, um, in the world. Maybe not for the best reasons and not effectively. Um, but yeah, I, I competed in in um, beauty pageants through college and then after, and and um, it was an incredible experience. I was Miss Christian United States. You probably didn't know wow. there was a Christian. I did not. Know Neither that. did I. But. I was her and uh, did a did a number of other ones, but um, I think that part of it too was also to a fun journey of you know emerging from having more braces than teeth to wearing you know four inch heels. That's great. Now uh, we have a lot of people listening to this podcast who uh, have employees who are working for their organizations for their businesses that are millennials. What what's the number one challenge that? leaders, managers uh, have about working with this generation? I think the biggest challenge, and I, and I tell leaders this every single day, is the biggest challenge that they have is projecting their own experience on the next generation. Saying, it took me 20 years to get to this position, right. or it took me three tries, or you, know, you needed to you know, have four other positions before this. And in an economy that we're in now, with the technology that we have now, with the information we have now, we simply cannot afford to continue to use the old way of thinking to bring up a new generation. And I mean, we're living in a time where, and most people don't realize this when you talk about generations, is that baby boomers are kind of that older kind of leadership, um, that generation of leadership right now. Generation X is that generation in between, and then there's millennials and Gen Z. Gen Z. But Gen X is one third the size of the baby boomers. Hmm. And so we simply don't have enough Gen Xers to fill those leadership positions once 
baby boomers begin to retire. And so many organizations aren't prepared for this leadership swing that's we're just five years from, if that. And so that's a big message that we have whenever we work with leaders is helping them understand you have to prepare the next generation faster. We can't say, you know, it took five years because you don't necessarily right. have that long. What, what are some ways a leader can authentically mm. connect uh, with them on an individual level? Yeah, I think it, this works both ways, whether you're young, um, a young leader or someone who's older looking to bridge that gap. It's, it's what we call generational empathy. It's asking questions, it's seeking to understand uh, where the other person is coming from because it's so often, it's so, so uh, often that we just see people kind of project what they think or the type of leadership that they want or the type of communication or training. Um, that's a huge one for us is we see organizations have these very elaborate training structures that don't work for the people actually in the training programs, right? And I know in, in higher education, it's constantly shifting and changing because right. we're learning how do people best learn. And so being able to ask the questions and more importantly than asking the questions, being willing to change when those answers to those questions are different than what you're currently doing. I think that's a really powerful bridge to cross. When you're coming alongside um, this generation and you want to authentically build, empower, um, how do you, how do you channel the right kind of feedback that motivates Mm -hmm when you look at from guidance to praise to, to reassurance, I mean, what are those key factors that resonate the most? Sure. I mean, feedback is one of the most powerful concepts that we oftentimes don't teach in, in the business community where, you know, we're oftentimes taught about the, you know, the 360 review or the annual review right. or my personal favorite, as I call the feedback sandwich, right? You're really great. You need to improve on these things, but you're really great. And what we've actually found is that employees don't under don't really comprehend what's going on in the middle part. So we actually teach feedback more of a stoplight than a sandwich. Mm. So stop doing this and here's why. Keep doing this and here's why. And improve on this and here's why. And giving people that context to why you're giving them that feedback is going to be much more powerful to help them change. Because feedback isn't about, yeah, keep going, you're doing a great job. It's how do I help this person understand that their work matters and that them improving is a benefit to the entire company. Now, to the millennials that are listening to this, what is the one piece of leadership advice that you would give them as they're getting started in their career or maybe even look at at another type of career? I think the big thing for the next generation is to understand the power of respect. And that respect looks different for different generations. This next generation may see respect as someone admitting that they don't know the answer or, you know, saying, hey, I need your help. But other generations, they were raised, you know, maybe by military parents or military era parents where, you know, respect was earned and you had to do the thankless jobs and the due diligence. And I think many young people get frustrated with structure inside of organizations because they don't understand why it exists. Mm. So I think that the big opportunity for a younger generation who's ambitious, you have great ideas, you're excited about shaking things up, understanding why things are the way that they are. Um, Again, asking those key questions of leaders and then realizing that there's a process in place that maybe has existed longer than you've been alive, right? And if you're going to provide some change, be intentional about it and make sure that it serves everyone on the team. Before we move into a quick uh, speed round here as we close things up, um, again, you 
another book that you just released, the the five millennial myths, mm-hmm. the handbook for managing and motivating millennials. Um, the book deconstructs a lot of the stereotypes we do hear about this generation. Tell me about the experience and what you you hope that this book will really do for for all of us. Yeah. So the the core message of the book is to again not label and. And at the end of every chapter, there's tips for managers, but there's also tips for millennials. Because I think it's important for my generation to understand we may come across as entitled because we are ambitious. We may come across as addicted to technology because we see our phones not only as a tool, but as the answer itself. And so helping this next generation understand the stereotypes, the challenges that they're going to uh, experience, whether deserved or not, especially coming into their first or second job. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Quick questions, uh, just what whatever comes to the top of your 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 mind. You have a day off, and you have been mandated. It has to be a perfect day off. What does a perfect Ooh, day off look like for you? A perfect day off. Uh, you know, to be honest, something that my husband and I absolutely love to do is just talk to people about their purpose. Like if I could go somewhere cool and exotic, that would be great. And uh, just talk to people about like what gets them going, what gets them excited. That is the most energizing moment. Like yeah. good views and good conversation is the perfect day off. It's good. What historical leader, living or dead, would you love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with? Oh, Margaret Thatcher. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, that lady, the stories that she gave myself. I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. Final question. What's your next big dream? you want to accomplish? Yeah. The next big one is a book that my husband, Brian, and I are writing right now focused on just that. How do you help people find their purpose in every season of their life and really figuring out right now, helping you find direction in what seems like a directionless society? Wow. That's good. Yeah. Well, Gabrielle, it's been my pleasure to talk with you today. And for more on Gabrielle Brochet, you can go to uh, what, what's, where's the best place to? Sure. GabrielleBochet.com is okay. great. And then MillennialSolution.com. You can learn more about our research, our webinars, and our free resources. Great. Well, again, a privilege to host you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. To connect with Kent, visit KentIngle.com. Also make sure to follow him on Twitter at Kent Ingle and on Facebook at Kent.ingle. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership.